Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You were slated to go to North Carolina, and at the time, uh, Zach Gallon was a freshman there when you were getting ready to go in. I'm assuming since you were going to go there, you had a visit. Did you have any relationship with Zach? Zach like, hosted he, me. I was going to say, hosted me on my official. Fly ball onto the track at the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. What a game. What a moment. All right, I am pumped to welcome into studio now Jack Flaherty. Jack, thank you so much for hopping in here. By the way, brand new studio, only two guests in the brand new studio, you and Derek Jeter, so good company. <laughs> uh, well, I'm lucky enough to be in that same category. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it, man. So uh, close to spring training, heading to uh, Lakeland here shortly. Yeah, yeah. When take do you off. leave? Take off next week. All right. Go get settled in. Good old Lakeland. Spent yeah. a lot of time. Spent a lot of time down there. So one, I want to start with that. In 2016, you and I were both in the Florida State League together. You mm-hmm. with the Palm Beach Cardinals, me with the Lakeland Flying Tigers, and that was the year. I'm sure you remember this because you pitched there. That was the year that the stadium in Lakeland was being renovated. Yes. So we were bussing over from our locker room to a D2 stadium that was built in 1922 <laughs> to play our games. It was. A nightmare, and you pitched against us there. What do you remember about that? I, I remember very little about that series and very little about that year because I didn't pitch very well that year. <laughs> but um, I just remember the fact – I remember playing in that stadium, and yeah, I guess it was it was interesting. You know, I can't believe you guys had to do that all year and, and, and deal with that. But All year. Um, I think – I remember during that time was was Daniel Bard was with us, and he was doing his, his rehab. So we were just hanging out and – watching him try to like make his comeback and you know it's awesome to see where he is now and how far he's come because um it was such a journey for him yeah but, you know that that little series and everything yeah I don't don't remember too much about it just that it was it was interesting being in that situation I tried sure. not to remember that you, it was off we would have to take a we would all pile in there were what 25 of us yeah. 26 of us we would all pile into this short bus and go over to the stadium that's at unbelievable Florida Southern and it's Big guys were all in uniform. Yeah. It was like a it was like a high school. And you guys went from your locker room over there. That's yeah. Yeah. It uh, was a it was a tough time. But uh yeah. So you just signed with the Detroit Tigers. So you're heading to Lakeland for spring training. Uh this will be your first year there. You just signed with them this offseason. So walk us through your your free agent process this offseason and what led you to ultimately signing with the Tigers. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know what to expect kind of going into it. Um I guess I hadn't really talked to a bunch of people about, hey, what's it going to look like? How's it going to go? Um, the only thing I really got was it's going to happen. It's going to go kind of slow, and then yeah. all of a sudden things are going to happen like that really quick. And uh, that's kind of how it went. You know, Detroit was in from the very beginning. Uh, a couple of the first calls I made, I met with Hinch. Uh, you know, he came out and visited me. We had dinner. Oh, nice. And we, uh, we sat down talked for two hours or so, and, you know, that's – like where the interest started because you could feel like how much like 
And he was honest. He was straight up. He was just like, you know, there's adjustments you got to make. There's things you got to do. And I appreciated that. It was, you know, I, I obviously know, like, last year wasn't how I wanted to, yeah. how I wanted to pitch or how I wanted things to go. So I knew there was things I have to change and, you know, uh, make adjustments. So it was, you know, and then kind of from there, things just kind of progressed. There's conversations with other teams, phone calls. I uh, did a bunch of things on Zoom. And, you know, it kind of just came down to it. It was like they sent us a good offer and um, I felt confident and comfortable and just told them, you know, hey, can we get on a phone call with pitching coaches? Like, I just want to go over things with them. And yeah. within hours, it was like it was set up and it was uh, we had that call. And that just, again, pr- like went and was like, OK, like they really want this to happen. And um, so I- I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And um just looking at the way they were last year, like a lot of young talent, a lot of guys yeah. who, are, who are good, and I think like will be household names like very soon. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. How awesome is is AJ Hench? I got to know him a little bit from his time in, in Houston. Yeah. Love that he's in Detroit now, played in that organization, so we'll always have a soft spot for the Tigers. And for him to come out, I think it's pretty cool for, for him to come out, obviously want you to pitch for that team, and also be able to say, like, hey, we have some things we, we want you to work on and we're going to work on you with. It had to be a pretty cool, uh, I don't know if it was your first time meeting him, but it had to be a cool meeting. Yeah, first time meeting him and, you know, somebody to be honest with you and let you know what they think you need to improve on yeah. is, uh, might not go over with, with everybody, but with me, it was, it, was, it was great hearing that honesty and just knowing, like, you know, that's how the relationship's going to be. It's just going to be, you know, straight up. Both, both of us can be honest with each other about how we feel and, you know, what we see. So, um, you know, he's... Uh, it's it's one of those things I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. Uh, right after the signing became official, your mom posted on Twitter <laughs> the photo of you playing in a Tigers uniform back in the day, basically yeah. talking about what a full circle moment it is. Here it is. I mean, just it's great. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, obviously, when when you're a kid, you play on a million different teams every year. And of you're course, on a, you're on a different team. But it was cool to see uh, that photo and. Obviously, she's she's so proud of you and has always been so supportive of you. And I've heard you talk at length about her. I know you two are extremely close. What has your mom meant to you, not only in, in your career, but but in life and where you are today? Um, you know, everything. It was, the picture's funny. I was 11 years old there. And <laughs> it, it was crazy just uh, thinking about it. But she's she's everything. You know, she... You know, people have asked me, like, you know, where do you get your work ethic from or you know why do you work so hard and this and that and it's because like that's just what I watched and saw every day with her and how she went about her business how it was like no matter what she was constantly working you know um it, it was it was getting us ready for school doing all that then go to work all day you know pick my brother and I up and take us to practice and while we're at practice she's still working making sure she's getting stuff done or getting ready to get us ready for a tournament or something that weekend and never stopped the work never stopped and you know she was just and I think what was always interesting about it is that sports always came second it was always school first she was just like do like do your homework get your stuff done like I don't think great we're gonna go to practice and this and that but if your grades start to fail like we're not doing this (laughs) we're not going we're not playing sports we're not playing baseball and basketball and all these other things and same thing for my brother so um her work ethic was 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 second to none and it's just something that I've tried to take with me and and do as I get to continue to play this sport yeah that's awesome man and and I know last year was watching uh I was watching your a post-game interview with you and it was about Adam Wainwright who's a new Fox Sports talent here 
And it was, you know, it was an emotional time, it was an emotional interview. And uh, what what is so special about you and, and Adam's relationship that uh, that made you emotional when you when you're talking about his last year pitching with the organization and uh, his final starts and all that stuff? I think for me, it was the time that he gave me. You know, I was um, just a young 21 year old got called up and uh you know he i asked him you know we we were both in the bullpen i think it was for about a week stretch there in 2017 we were both in the bullpen and we would kind of talk and go back and forth and he you know he helped me you know he's like well why don't you why don't you throw in more why don't you do this why don't you do that and started to take that and then i was like asked him one day in the pen he's like hey how about you think you could sit down with me for and you know let me pick your brain for a little bit. And he's like, absolutely, sure. You know, after the last game of the season, we didn't make playoffs that year. What year was this? It was 2017. Yeah. So I'd been up for a month. Like, yeah. I called up in September. And after that last game of the season, you know, everybody's, if you're not in playoffs, everybody's ready to go. Like, yeah. you say your goodbyes, but it's like, all right, it's on to the offseason. Yeah. Like, it's time to go. And he sat with me for two hours or so in the, in the, in the clubhouse, just just sat there and let me take notes, write down everything that we talked about, everything we went over. And from there, continued like every single time, every little bit, and we just continued to talk. And, you know, it was it's it's special when you get a guy like that. I don't know how many years in he was at that point, but yeah. to sit down with you for two hours after the game, then continue the next year and the next year and next year and continue to like support you, even as he went through his own ups and downs and dealt with some injuries and dealt with little things like that. It, sh- it it shows you the way to go about things. And, you know, as I've dealt with some injuries and this and that, being able to, um, you know, be there for the other guys that are, yeah. like, that are that are in the rotation. Because at the end of the day, it's about the team. And it's like, if you can help these other guys, even if you're hurt and whatnot, you're helping the team. And, uh, you know, it, he's an incredibly selfless individual, had an unbelievable career. He's going to be great when it comes to, um, you know, working here. And uh, it, it'll be... I, I can't say I'm looking forward to listening to him talk a little bit more because he, that's all he does is talk, <laughs> but uh, it, it, he'll be fun. He'll be awesome. It's obviously cool that he sat down with you for so long, but it's the fact that he even did, as like you said, who knows how many years he was in already at that point, but the fact that it was the last game, no playoffs, you had just gotten called up to the big leagues. It's not like you were a vet at the time. For mm-hmm. him to take the time when he could easily be like, all right, I'm out. It's the offseason. Yeah, family, everything. Really absolutely. Cool. Yeah, he could have absolutely just gone with his family and been like, hey, man, I got things to do. Give me a call in the offseason. Yeah. But no, sat there with me. Do you have, other than that, maybe a funny uh, Adam Wainwright story? What's your favorite story? My favorite story is when I waited for him with a wheelchair at the airport. Um, <laughs> I think it was his 39th birthday. <laughs> and... Uh, every year we there was something that that went on or we did something and I think it was when he turned 39 not when he turned 40 but he it was during COVID and he threw a complete game on his on his 39th birthday and I didn't know what I was gonna do or whatnot and I like got to the got to our airport early and and waited for him outside with a wheelchair and wheeled him all the way from, <laughs> like, from outside all the way to the plane. Because I was like, man, you're too old to be doing this. Like, I don't think you can make it to the plane. So that's that's my that's my favorite one of, uh, of being able to, doing that to him. Uh, not just him as a teammate, but you came through uh, the Cardinals organization at a really cool time and, and got to play with guys like Pujols, Molina, Goldschmidt. Uh, you now, I, I know... You're not you're not 30 yet, but you're moving into a veteran role with the Tigers organization. 
and get to be part of a really young rotation. You mentioned a lot of the guys that I think become household names at some point as well, but it's a really young team and a really young core, and now you get to be a veteran in that rotation. What did you learn from, from playing with guys like that that are going to be first ballot Hall of Famers and some of the best to ever do it uh, that'll, that'll help you be a, a leader with your new team? You know, it's, um, it's crazy to think about all the guys that like, I've been lucky enough to play with and even get to know certain guys around the league who either who were also with us. I mean, playing with, you know, Pujols and Yachty, yeah. Goldie, Nolan, Wilson this last year, guys coming up in an organization with, you know, Zach Gallen, uh, Austin Gombers, like the, the list goes on and on of, you know, Dolis Garcia's, like all of them. And, um, but, and it's, and it's interesting going, like, I guess being a veteran now, just having been in it for yeah. six years and, only being 28, it's like a uh, an interesting like blend of, of of doing it all. But it just is for them. It's the day to day, what goes in day to day, what yeah. they've done day to day, the work that they put in, and that you always have a chance to get better. And everybody's had their ups and downs in their careers and their in yeah. seasons. Um, you know, I, I got you know Nolan's had games where he's gone 0 for four. I don't know if he's ever punched four times, but probably had something like that, yeah. at least three. Yeah. Um, Wayno's had bad starts in his career. Like, they, if, if it happened to everybody. Yeah. Guys have had, you know, some better years, uh, you know, some years that are better than others, but there's always a chance to get better. And if you can just take the same approach day in, day out, it's not always reinventing the wheel. Sometimes, yeah, if things don't go well for a certain period of time, you got to reinvent certain things. But it's just about putting in the work and trusting that if yeah. you are putting in the work and, and you're doing that and you trust yourself and you trust in your own like process and routine. Like you got here for a reason and you're good enough to do it. So, but you, you do have to make some adjustments along the way. Um, but it's just sticking with the process no matter, no matter what kind of happens, whether you have a good day or a bad day, it doesn't mean like, oh, you had a great day. Okay, this next time out I can, these next four days I can, you know, take it easy. Yeah. Or, you know, I had a really rough start. Okay, I got to work even harder. It's not about that. It's just about keeping it consistent and making the adjustments you need to make. Were there adjustments for you, or was it more so sticking with the program in, in 2019? I will never forget your, your second half. It was historic. You had the third lowest ERA in MLB history in the second half of a season in 2019. Were, were there adjustments that you, at the All-Star break, looked in the mirror and said, oh, I, I could tweak this a little bit, or was it just continuing on what, what you were working on and it, something just clicked? You know, I think it's funny. I'm, I can't wait to like get, not even like get rid of twenty. It's always gonna be there. Yeah. But like it's like, you know, it just tells me like I got work to do yeah. because that's like everything it's talked about. But there's always things to draw from that year. And like the first half, I had some good games and some bad games. Um, I think I had a really rough month of June, like right before the break, and. Um, some of it just boiled down to doing the little things right, doing the simple things that, you know, made me good in the minor leagues or, you know, made me good. And, you know, these are the good starts. This is what we did well. Yeah. Strike one, get ahead, stay ahead, like put guys away, stop wasting pitches. And mentally, my routine was so sound and everything just fell in line that once I took care of everything in days one through four, that fifth day or that start day, it just became about competing and being in the best mental headspace yeah. and knowing. And a lot of that came from the prep and just 
being able to do to be prepped on the other team, my body was ready to go, like did my bullpen, did everything I could, and knowing I've done everything I could on that fifth day, like it's gonna take care of itself. And there's gonna be some days it's it's gonna work out, some days not, sometimes you're gonna have your best stuff, and some days you just gotta compete. And I think it just was able to go on that whole that whole stretch where I uh was mentally in just like the best yeah. headspace. And uh, you know, I think I, I I was able to take some of that into you know, the COVID year was 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 weird, but then into 2021, the start of that year where, um, like, I had a rough first one and the next, I don't know, 10 or 12 yeah. were really, really good. And so just taking those same things where it's, it's he makes, there was probably less physical adjustments and more mental yeah. and trust and prep. Well, all you knew uh, until last year was the Cardinals organization. And then at the trade deadline, you're traded to the Baltimore Orioles in the middle of a playoff race, which... For whatever reason, it didn't go well last year in St. Louis, right? The team just, from the beginning, just didn't seem to play up to the potential. But then you get traded to a team that is set to be the number one seed in the American <laughs> League and then eventually is the number one seed in the yeah. American League. How did you find out that you had been traded? And were you expecting to be traded? I, I was expecting it. Yeah. It was it was one of those things that we knew was was possible yeah. and was more, more likely probable than not. Yeah. Um, you know things didn't work in St. Louis, it happens. Like, we had a yeah. really good team. I didn't particularly pitch that well. Um, Monty was, like, the one guy who who was consistent. I yeah. feel like the rest of us were up and down. Like, we'd go on some good stretches, but never, you know, we'd pitch well for a stretch and wouldn't hit, or we'd hit well for yeah. a stretch, wouldn't It was one of those. And then, but I got, I got when I got traded, I was sitting in our video room just, like, watching the time. I think, I don't know, there's, like, 10 minutes left, and <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, my, like, are we, is this happening or not? Because if not, like, I got to start the next day in St. Louis. So I'm, like, prepping for the Twins just because I'm, like, I want to be ready to go yeah. just in case. Like, we're down to the wire. And, you know, he texts me, and he's, like, it's done, it's done. And then not two seconds later, pops across the screen. And <laughs> then, uh, you know, you get called in the office, have a conversation, say your goodbyes. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was weird, like, leaving that. Like, I had, like, mentally, like, prepped, like, it's probably going to happen. But it was still weird, like, yeah. a strange feeling. Like, and then, uh, you know, going over to Baltimore, I got, you know, welcome with open arms. Um, you know, wish I would pitched better to, to give us a better chance. Didn't happen that way. But those guys, they, they went out, competed every single day. They were awesome. And, uh, they, like, a bunch of young, like, pros that yeah. just went about their business and knew how to, like, found ways to win. It was a different way every time. How important, speaking of a bunch of young pros, Adley is obviously one of those guys, and it feels like that organization changed forever. The day he came up is when it all turned around for the Orioles. As a guy that threw to him, why is that? How, how important is he to that team and organization? I think that all of them together, including him, they just have this like unwavering confidence where they trust their process, they trust their routine. There's not a... there's not a lot of ups and downs yeah. like they're they're just pretty like level-headed and it's you know they win like they you know expected to win but they enjoy it they enjoy the wins and the losses it won't, won't take them too hard like you know over 162 games like you're gonna lose you're gonna go through a stretch even if you win 100 games you're gonna lose 62 of them yeah. so like they were just very level-headed in every single game and felt like no matter what they always had a chance to win until that last out was made, and if the scoreboard said they were, you know, they lost, that was the only point in the game where it was like, okay, like, we lost. Wow. Like at, at, at any other point, it was like, no, we're going to 
do something. Yeah. Somebody's going to do something. Somebody in the order is going to do something. Somebody in the pen or starter is going to come in and, and, and put up a zero. It's a rarity. And we're going to figure it out. It's a rarity to feel that way. I feel like you see teams all the time get behind a couple runs early on and then, you know, for whatever reason, at bats become a little more, I don't want to say selfish, but you go up trying to get hits and, yeah. and instead of playing as a team and then it becomes hard to, to, to come back and you did see that team do it all year long, it felt like. I, I know you haven't, you know, you haven't left for spring training yet. You haven't spent, spent a ton of time around this Tigers team and, and might not even know a ton about a lot of the guys. But as you, you sign there, and I think you, you believe in the future of that organization and the direction they're heading, it's probably a big reason you signed there. Do you see any similarities be, between this young Tigers team and the Orioles team you just left that is, they, they've made it. They're here. They were the number one seed in the AL. And it looks like the Tigers are trying to find that same blueprint and, and sort of create the same thing. Yeah, I, I think I, I felt this way when I went to Baltimore in terms of even connect, going back to St. Louis. Like when I came up, all of us came up kind of at the, at the same time. You know, you had your core group there with, with Wayno, Yachty, um, uh, Carp, um, who else was there? You just, you had guys who had been there for a while, but then yeah. all of us kind of came up and myself, Bader, uh, DeYoung, like Carson Kelly, all these guys like came up and we just like blended and gelled. And it was like, we had, you know, Hicks, like Helsley, Dakota, yeah. like all those guys kind of came up and through at the same time, if you look back, like, you know, Tommy Edmond and all these guys and everybody just kind of gelled. And it was like, we had been playing together for such a long time. Yeah. And that's how it felt in Baltimore is those guys kind of all came up together and like going through it at the same time and all kind of blended and gelled together. Like you'd see it on, you know, on the bus or on the road and yeah. um, they just gelled and it was the same thing in, in St. Louis. And, you know, I'm, it's, I'm sure it's going to be very similar in Detroit with these guys all coming up and um, figuring out at the same time. I and mean, watching Scooball, he's, he's got unbelievable stuff yeah. every time. We'd go against them. It was it was one of those things, you know, the Riley Greens, Kerry Carpenters, the Torkelsons, like all those guys, like um, got a lot of young talent. And then you add in a, you know, Javi, um, who's a stud in in his own in his own right. So um, I'm just you know looking forward to it up and down. And you add guys like you know uh, Chafin and uh, Shelby Miller, and you, you continue to just in, in Kenta, and uh, you got a good recipe there. Yeah. A lot of people, Jack, know the the high school story, right? The the Harvard <laughs> Westlake, Max Fried, Giolito, yourself. A, a lot of people know that. Not going to ask you about those guys. Okay. What I do want to know about is PCA. Pete Crow <laughs> Armstrong played with your younger brother since they were like seven years old. Yeah. What can Cubs fans expect from PCA if he does finally get handed the reins to center field at Wrigley Field this year? Pete, Pete, Pete. I yeah, I've known <laughs> Pete. I've known Pete a very, very long time. Uh, he used to play with my brother. So I've I've I feel like I've known him running around Sherman Oaks Little League since he was I don't know feels like he was eight years old. Mm -hmm. Known him for a long time, but Pete um, isn't is a very hard worker, incredibly confident. I mean, I haven't been able to like see him play, but he's he's one of the fastest guys I've ever been around, and, and is unbelievable defensively, and is going to work hard. Like, I, like I think he can swing it. Yeah. So any and if and it's obviously going to take an adjustment period getting up, yeah. but he's going to work as hard as, not as hard as he needs to, he's going to work harder than he needs to yeah. in order to figure it out and make sure that he is great because, I, you know, I've known him, he doesn't settle for less. He yeah. doesn't settle for anything less than, than being great, and that's why he's so good in center field and why he's going to be really good at the plate. Um, it, it's, 
it's been fun to watch and fun to know him and just continue to have that relationship with him. Is you know, for him to go to Harvard Westlake and go through it that way too is just it's kind of a crazy thing to all put together. I know Cubs fans, rightfully so, want Belly back out there in the outfield. And I don't know what they do with PCA if they do re-sign him, but I hope he gets a shot out there this year. I hope he becomes an everyday guy out there, and he's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. And it looked like, I mean, he's got a little bit of pop, too. I know he's known for his defense and, and speed, but Pete, it looks like yeah, he's got Pete, some pop. Pete can kind of do it all. He's, <laughs> he's, got, all, he's got all the tools. He, 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 really, he really is just a stud. Yeah. He's one of those guys that he is just a stud. Everything he does, everything he tries to do, and just like a naturally gifted athlete. And it's, it's fun to watch and fun to be around him. Yeah. You yourself didn't really pitch in high school. And, and going into your senior year, you were strictly playing third base and shortstop. How did that transformation go, which ultimately led to you getting drafted 34th as a pitcher yeah. not too long after not really <laughs> ever pitching? Yeah. Uh, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I, I pitched a little bit because I threw strikes. Yeah. And... You know, our coach was like, well, I'll take you to go out there Somebody and throw, throw strikes. <laughs> like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And Gio went down. So it was me, Max, and Gilito were all in there when I was a sophomore. And, you know, Gio went down. And it was kind of the three of us were, were pitching. I was just, I wasn't throwing very hard, but I could get guys out as a sophomore. And when Gio got hurt, I started pitching a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, then the next year, I was kind of the only returning pitcher. And so I became, like, our, our number one, just started, you know, as I got older, started throwing a little bit harder. So those guys left after that. They left, and my junior and Gilito left. And yeah. my junior year, you know, I, I was, like, our number one and uh, kind of just started to throw harder and whatnot and could still get guys out. And then that summer before my senior year, I like, I think I hit 94, 95 yeah. once or twice. And my, it was, I mean, now their agents, who's advisor at the time, um, he was like, "If you keep doing this, like they're gonna make you pitch." <laughs> and I was, I was like, "No, nah, no, they're not. Like, come on." Man. I was like, "It's not gonna happen." And <laughs> and I had a great summer. Like, I, I barely pitched. I pitched on uh, USA, yeah. and then um, that transition, it just was like I could throw strikes. I, and I had Ethan Katz was my pitching coach for three yeah. years, so that the whole connection is crazy. Him being in, in the White Sox yeah. now and and him doing his thing, but you know, I had a really good pitching coach that allowed me to throw strikes. And uh, as I got older, just started throwing harder. And uh, I I pitched better than I hit my senior year. And uh, it just, you know, it there's a plan for everybody, and that just kind of, that's just the way it worked out. And I had to run with it at that point. Did you want to pitch, or did you want to play infield? And I, I I definitely wanted to play <laughs> infield. I was going to college to I was going to North Carolina to to play short third yeah. or something, and was going to pitch like. I think after my senior year and, and what I did and that I was throwing harder, everybody was kind of like, oh, maybe you, you should do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but you adapt and you, you, you do what you got to do yeah. to be great. And so I, you know, dove right into that. And I think the biggest adjustment then and still now sometimes is the, the days in between and yeah. figuring out what to do with the games and whatnot. But, you know, we do enough stuff to go out and take ground balls if, if they'll let us and, you know, they think we're always going to get hurt and whatnot. And, yeah. Um, but we, uh, it's, it was always an, it was an adjustment, but now yeah. we've got it all kind of settled and it's, it's been good. You were, you were slated to go to North Carolina and at the time, uh, Zach Gallon was a freshman there when you were getting ready to go in. 
I'm assuming since you were going to go there, you had a visit. Did you have any relationship with Zach? Zach like, hosted he, me. I was going to say, hosted me on my official. And this dude, <laughs> he hosted me on my official, and so we've known like we've known each other for a long time, and I always bring it up, and everybody brings up his his shoes or his because he was wearing I think he was wearing Jordans in, yeah. the, in the World Series. Like, why? Why is he wearing? I was like, he's always like since I've known him, like in his college dorm, he had boxes and boxes of Jordans underneath his bed. And I was like, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> what is going on? But he had boxes and boxes of George. So he's always been this way. He's always just uh, like a true sneakerhead, loves shoes, uh, had them all when he was in college and just continues over. And now he's wearing them as, as cleats. And he's been the same guy. I've been awesome. This one of those guys you love being around. He So some of his videos went viral when he was pitching in, in college and playing throughout the, you know, throughout the playoffs and regionals and all that stuff. He had to be the guy that yeah. they would have guys stay with <laughs> during their visits just because yeah. I, I'm sure you have some crazy stories, some you can't tell, some you can tell, but I'm sure he, <laughs> he was a guy that they love they loved keeping guys with him on their official visits. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember we talked, I think we talked about it. it. They were, I think we talked about it about, I don't know, two months ago. And uh, he was just like, yeah, you know, you could tell like about me. He's like, you were quiet, didn't, didn't really like want to be there. You were just like there because it made you come on the official, but... <laughs> Like we had a good time. We all hung out. I, was, I think I was there for two days or so. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy that he hosted me and then was drafted by St. Louis. And uh, you know we were together for a little bit in minor leagues. And then uh, you know now he's he's a stud. You yeah. always saw it. You always knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So you ended up getting and ended up getting drafted and not going to play at UNC, obviously. And I like asking guys this because I, I do think it's uh, such an important day in, in a lot of people's lives. But your draft day, the day you get drafted, <laughs> tell me about your draft day story and what that was like. So I was actually on um, our, my high school senior retreat was like Tuesday to Thursday in, okay. in, in, in Big Bear. And I didn't want to go because the draft was Thursday. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going. And... My mom convinced me to go as she always does. She's like, you really want to just sit at home and like be stressed out? And you're like, yeah, you're probably right. So we got back that Thursday and we had to do like our, like a graduation run through. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we got back like an hour later than we were supposed to. And I think the draft was in like two hours. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going home. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> it was like, no offense. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit through and go run through like our prep. Like our graduation was the next day. So I, I went home and, um, it was just me, my mom, my brother. I think my grandma was like flying in. And then a couple of the guys like from high school came over. My best friend came, came over who went to, who was, uh, at Cleveland high school or he was, I don't know. He was in town for some reason because mm -hmm. um, he had he had graduated. Was up at Westmont, but came down like for it. We watched at my mom's house. Um, I didn't know that I, I didn't know it was gonna happen. We were just sitting there, like really having conversation. My mom was talking as it happened, and like you hear your name, and then you see it come across, and then you sit there for a second. Everybody's just silent, like. Oh no! This is real. Like this is like real life and happening. So you didn't get a call beforehand. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get a oh call. My, my agent. My agent and I had been in conversation. He's like, "Hey, anywhere from uh, like 15 to the end of the first round, yeah. you could go." He's like, "I." He's like, "I don't have a whole clue." But yeah. and whether or not he knew beforehand and just didn't want to tell me, yeah. and wanted to leave the surprise. 
Um, but I didn't have any idea. I just saw, heard my name, saw it come across, and went over, hugged my mom. And I think it took uh, definitely took a while for it to all settle in. <laughs> and then the phones just start ringing, and we're like, all right, all right, well, this is like this is real. But it was, uh, yeah, it was. It was just one of those surreal moments. Yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty surreal. Just sitting at my mom's house with a couple of my buddies, and yeah, that was about it. You grew up out here, and grew up. I know you grew up a big. Lakers fan, a big Kobe Bryant fan. Today, the day yeah. that we're actually filming this, January 26th, is the four-year anniversary of his death. Uh, what did he mean to you? Did you ever get a chance to meet him? You know, I think that's, if there's ever any um, regret that I have is not taking the opportunity to uh, make that happen, mm-hmm. which I had, like, I had that, I don't, I didn't like asking people for, for favors yeah. and um, you know, had the connections to to make it happen and just never did. It's like, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was just, he was that guy that, you know, other than my mom, when you look at work ethic and you look at the way that he went about his business and how hard he worked and that it was just, nothing was ever like good enough, no matter what it was. And that's what he did. That's what he embodied. That's what he was about. And then even in his transition out of, as he got older and got towards the end and started to help the other guys and, you know, got, a, a bad rap for, yeah. you know, being, you know, a, a bad teammate and, um, you know, maybe selfish and all these things that yeah. I wanted to say about him and, you know, still say about him when they have the, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion they have the conversations about who's the best and whatnot and he still gets these things thrown his way. But no matter what, he went about his business and he was able to block out any outside noise yeah. and was able to do it. And uh, so that's just somebody you look up. You, if you were born and raised in L.A., it's that's and you like basketball in any way like that was the guy and um it is it is crazy being here on this day but yeah i never never took that opportunity to make that happen it's something that um like going forward and in in settings like like or having the ability to make certain things like that happen like i i just i go out of my and be like you never know what might happen so it definitely i really do feel like there's not a lot of moments in life where you remember exactly where you were when it happened and for like 9-11 is one of them and I also I feel like that moment will forever be a moment where the majority of people will remember where they were when they found out about that helicopter crash. Yeah that was yeah my my best friend was staying with me at the time comes in my room wakes me up and is like hey uh, um I don't know how to say this but like you know Kobe's plane crash, and I was like, I was like, ah. I, I didn't, I wasn't believing it at yeah. first, and we gave it a minute, and I called somebody who would have the answer, and like, got a confirmation, Jeez. and I was like, okay, yeah. So it's one of those things that, um, it's crazy. You never know what's gonna yeah. happen. Every day is, uh, every day is important, and you yeah. you just take advantage of every single day, and, um, you know, if you ever want to, you know, take you want to take advantage of those opportunities that you might have to to sit down with somebody and, and have those conversations. So it's uh yeah, it's a sad day for for you know their family and all the other families that were involved. Absolutely. Uh but I got a, a couple fun questions for you before we finish up here. First of which being, uh when you when you first got called up or within that first year maybe, do you have a welcome to the big league story that happened to you? A welcome to the big league story? Yeah. Um a lot of guys go like travel stories, getting pranked or something, or it could be something like you 
you know, got somebody step in the box against you and you're like, oh shit, that's. You know, I think I got very lucky that I didn't, I wouldn't really get, I didn't really get picked on. Yeah. Uh, Cause especially at that time, because you had the whole 40 man, there's a lot of rookies to choose from. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys to, to pick from and I kind of just was able to, <laughs> to snake and, and sneak by. You know, you have our, we had our rookie dress up and I think it was in Pittsburgh in, in 17. And like we had that, but What that, was it? What were you? I was uh, um, Maverick from Top Gun. Yep. So I had it very easy. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's was, a good one. Yeah, good I was like, I, of course. I think I, I think I actually wore that for Halloween like that later <laughs> that year. I was like, I'll do this again. Um, and I think the only like, well, the, the very first instance I had was my first start, I come out of the game, go do my arm care, come back in, and I'm in the, I'm in the, in the dugouts with Weaver, Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly, and just sitting there watching the game, and I feel like a fan watching it because like I had been to the Giants Stadium before, it's yeah. close to home, all my family was there, and then you just kind of have that realization like, hang on, I'm actually watching a big league game from the dugout with these guys with my uniform on, and yeah. it first it just like hit me right then and there, and was like this is pretty cool. Like, I'm not in, like, the first row behind the dugout. I'm right. I'm in the dugout. Yeah. And that was, that's as, that's kind of the, the one that I, that I had, like, right away in that's that, in that cool. first month. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there a batter throughout your career? Could be still playing, could be retired. One batter that you just could not feel like you could get out. A guy that just <laughs> had your number and immediately comes to mind. There's, there's, there's two guys. <laughs> and, one of them, I, I, I can't say that I never thought I could get him out, but I think he just, if he got a hit, it was a home run, and it's a friend of mine, Ryan Braun, and I hate that I have to admit that and, <laughs> and say that he just, he, I think I still, like, hold it against him sometimes because he'll reach out, and I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, there was a, there was a stretch there where, where, where Rizzo had, like, had my number and yeah. still at times probably does. I'm sure there's <laughs> other guys, but there was definitely, you know, we would we would laugh about it and dug out after games. Like if I, even in between innings, like I don't talk a lot, but if I would get him out in between innings yeah. and I'd, Wayne would just like give me one of those looks like from the top <laughs> step and would look down and I could do nothing but like laugh. Cause um, yeah, he, for whatever reason, the, like Ronnie hit, I don't know, four, four home runs off me or something and not a very long, span yeah. too and um yeah yeah uh to me one of the most impressive things about you as a baseball player has nothing to do with the fact that you're a great pitcher it's that you ran a six three seven sixty at a perfect game showcase back in the day so my question to you for those that don't know a six three seven is insane have you yet played with a major league teammate that's faster than you Uh, I, I mean, Jorge Mateo, that de- like <laughs> definitely that that dude flies. Um, Who's faster, you or Bader? I always said I could, I could, <laughs> I would could take Bader in a race. I felt like I could. I feel like home to first, I would get him. But I mean, he he can move. Bader could move. We had guys on the team who could move. Like Jordan Hicks could could run. Yeah, like, it was never timed out. Um, not six three, six three seven. Hey man, that dude's a, a freak athlete. As you see, he throws one hundred and five. Like yeah. I don't know what it is, but he could run. Um, you know, I think there's been like 
two or three times in my life. I've been, Max Max beat me in a race when he was a senior and I was a sophomore. Max really? Freed, yeah, he he beat me. Um, he beat me in a race. He's a he's a freak athlete. But you know, I always feel like I could beat everybody. I'm trying to think of who else was on in St. Louis. I, like it would have been fun racing Bader, O'Neill. Um, you know, Tommy can run. There's a lot of guys there. Like they they had guys who could run. So, but I would have I would have loved to see it. And you know, I was didn't have the best <laughs> career as a base runner, but you know, it it happens. So that six three seven came perfect game. I'm assuming high that came in yeah. high school. It's a six three seven. What are you running right now? If I mean not at this exact moment. I mean, if you I get mean, race ready, if you limber up, stretch. What could you run? I gotta imagine I'd be a six seven or sub. Like I think I still think I got it. <laughs> I still think I got it. I'm a little. He- I'm I'm heavier and I'm bigger, but I still think I put up a six seven. I still I still think it's in there. Jack, I appreciate you joining me, man. Thanks for hopping in studio. Thanks for coming on. Pumped to watch you with the Tigers this year. Good luck in spring training and good luck this season. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right, well, thanks again to Jack for joining me here in studio in Los Angeles. Always a lot of fun having guests in studio, and that is just two guests, Derek Jeter and Jack. So always uh, appreciate that for sure. And cool talking about stories back when we played against each other in 2016, hearing about the rise in his career and uh, how he has gotten here. So really, really fun, really fun episode. Hope you all enjoyed listening or watching wherever you listen or watch. But make sure you subscribe, Apple, Spotify. You can also watch everything on Spotify now as well. We're also on all social media, including YouTube, where you can watch every single thing we do at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But it does it for this episode. Thanks again to Jack Flaherty, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, my friends.